Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. All right, we come your way a little after 6 o'clock on this uh, Tuesday evening after a very hot uh, late June day today. It was out playing golf today. It was very warm, uh, but it's been very nice weather of late, very summery type weather, not a lot of rain, that's for sure. This might be a little in the forecast for tomorrow, but we come to you, as always, brought to you by Casamigos Tequila, brought to you by those who drink it. Take you right up until uh, 7 o'clock. You just heard that baseball has, listen, they... We talked last night that they would implement the season. They did. They had to approve the uh, approve the safety measures. They did. Uh, so 60 games will be implemented and will begin on the 24th. Everyone has to report on the 1st of July if they can all get there in time. If they're all healthy, we'll see what happens. Just like in the NBA, you see where uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, who supposedly had – gotten serious about training. You know, he, he was heavy early in the season this year, and he's a top player. He, he lost 40 pounds during the pandemic and um, was supposedly in great shape, but now he's got the virus. So uh, he got the virus in Serbia. So we'll know when he's going to report. And that's going to be the issue. How many baseball teams? Philly's already just added two more guys to the list. How many baseball teams are going to be able, when they start, how many days will we go before somebody gets shut down? Because uh, they're talking about the 24th for the uh, season to begin, but you got to have healthy teams, you got to have healthy stars, and we'll see how this all unfolds. Because uh, there obviously is outbreak in part of the countries now. It's it's kind of a little different now because it's almost like it's like a seesaw. Early on, it was New York and uh, New Jersey just overwhelmed. Now these states and Michigan was bad too, and these states are just fine. Uh, the, everything is really slowed down here to a really almost a halt. And the states that had nothing are all facing crisis right now. Arizona, Texas, Florida, etc. cetera. Um, as an example, Arizona tonight, because uh, the president's going to speak there. Now, you know he's going to have a huge crowd tonight because last time he was mortified by the fact that there was basically 6,800 people in a 19,000-seat arena. And 
it was mortifying. I mean, you saw how upset he was by the whole thing. Um, so tonight, you know it'll be standing room only in Arizona because that's the one thing. You don't want to be one of his aides or campaign workers and not have this place full tonight. Uh, that goes without saying. Um, no matter what's going on with the virus in Arizona, they're going to have a full house tonight. I mean, you could take that to the bank. I don't care if they had to you know, start you know, paying these guys to go in there. They're going to have a sold-out crowd there tonight. A couple other things. Um, Talk about the Mets. Now you're starting to hear that heat up with different names here. I mentioned yesterday uh, that Mike Rapoli's name had been mentioned along with A-Rod and J-Lo. The A-Rod-J-Lo team was looking for that financial person who could be the – put them over the top, be that one big uh, financial person. Well, they actually got two of them because I heard Rapoli's name. And then I heard Vinny Viola's name, and they tried to report it as separately. And I said, no, 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 no. This I know. If Rapoli's in and Viola's in, they're in together. They are like family, okay? They own horses together. I know Viola to say hello to. I don't know him very well. I know Rapoli pretty well, I'd say. I've known him a long time. I know him pretty well. Um, they are inseparable. So if, if you hear Viola's name, and you hear a Polly's name, they're in the same deal. They're not battling each other, and they are in the deal together. So the deal is uh, that group is, and an impressive one, is Rapoli and, Vi- and Vinny Viola and Aaron J-Lo. That is the main grouping of that group. Now, there's been rumors about four groups. There's been rumors now of new groups. There's been rumors now of new wealthy groups. I mean, guys who have major, major money. We're talking about multiple, multiple billions of dollars. Uh, real estate tycoons being involved. There could be leaving Stevie Cohen alone. Because I'll be frank with you, I don't know what his motivation is now. I don't know if he wants to get back in or doesn't. I just don't know if he's lurking in the weeds. I don't know what his motivation is. Leaving him alone, there are probably four other groups now. That doesn't mean they're all serious, but they're kicking the tires. And something's going to happen this year. But uh, watch right now uh, because, listen, if you tell me that it's Rapoli, Vinny Viola, A-Rod, and J-Lo, you have to like that on a lot of levels. A lot of levels. All right? In terms of business acumen, in terms of financial backing, in terms of them being... Uh, New Yorkers, in terms of A-Rod and J-Lo being uh, prominent minorities who could, you know, could be out front for uh, baseball right now, which would be a very positive, especially in this time and place, to have, uh, you know, minority owners in the biggest city in the world with a prominent team. I mean, that's, that's big stuff. And especially famous people like them. I mean, you know, one a famous entertainer, one a famous baseball player. Two of the more famous people of their generation. So, I mean, there's a lot to like there. There there really is. You got dynamic business acumen. You got a couple of uh, New York guys who have done really well for themselves and become billionaires. And then you got a couple of very talented performers who would be a very impressive tandem. I know someone said to me, well, what what happens if Rod and J-Lo break up? Maybe they won't break up. And if they break up, maybe they'll stay as a business partner. Who knows? You know, how about maybe they stay together forever? Who knows? You know, maybe the Mets will keep them together. But listen, that is 
a lot of firepower, especially when you have Rapoli and Viola together. And they are very much a team. And that's an impressive team. They could actually either one go it alone and they're going it together. So that is an impressive team, no question about it. Um, and we'll see where it takes us in the days and the weeks ahead. As I said yesterday, every other standing I have is that the Mets will be sold this year. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It could be later in the year. They have a lot of things to sort out. There's a lot of issues. I mean, if I'm buying that team, there's certain things I want in that deal. Okay, I mean, there are absolutely certain things I have to have in that deal. That's all there is to it. I mean, there's a good deal there, and there's a shaky deal there. There's a deal there you really don't want because it looks like one that will keep you, basically put you behind the eight ball for so long you won't know how to get out. And there's one where you could really ring the bell, especially in the city. And remember, this city is going to be in a very big way starving for revenues, starving to have people who are pro-New York. Right now you have people leaving New York. You have people leaving New York real estate. You have people that are wondering about New York businesses. If you get some star power that is pro-New York, that's big for baseball, it's big for New York. And New York needs that in the worst way. New York's got to raise a lot of money. You know, they've had the sales tax. They've had uh, every part of the economy shut down for a long time, which means there's a lot of money that New York needs. I mean, just think of uh, the transit authority, how much that's in the red. Just think of how much infrastructure work has to be done. Just think about how much it costs to run this city week in and week out when you've shut the, really shut the whole pipeline off now for three months. A lot of money. So there's a bunch of ways to, to draw that revenue. And this would be an attractive way to show uh, New York that they have a dynamic new you know, group that are very pro-New York City, which would be a positive right now with everything that's going on. The NHL down to six possible cities. They'll keep cutting the number down from here, but here it is, Vegas, Chicago, L.A., and then the three Canadian cities, Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver. Two of them will be the main hubs. We'll see where they go with that. They're down to six. Vegas, Chicago, L.A., Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver. So we move ahead with baseball. The numbers are the first to get players in, the 24th to get baseball started. The question is, can any of these sports get through their training camp periods? Get through their preparation in terms of getting ready to play again without having this virus rear its head as it is in parts of this country in a distinct way and as it has with these teams in a very, very big way. We'll get to your calls. We've got a lot of things to do back after this. All right, we're here until uh, 7 o'clock coming up this evening. Um, each day we look at what the two switch hitters did on this date in baseball history until baseball comes back and baseball will come back as of right now if everything falls into place on July 24th. Um, Bernie, it was 623.99. 
back-to-back days, four hits, so 99 has been good for him. Uh, as he was rolling along, really, he was in a really a torrid pace in late June, so back-to-back games. Used 99 yesterday, used it again today, four hits, uh, three runs scored in RBI. Vermandlet was a doubleheader in 1957. He came out of the doubleheader with 21 homers and 51 RBIs. He went four for five in the first game with a double and a couple RBIs. He went uh, two for four in the second game with a home run, three runs scored, three, and a couple RBIs. So uh, he was 21-51 at that point in the season. Uh, so uh, both of them got very warm, very hot in late June uh, and uh, it's funny, you go back and look at uh, what Manuel accomplished in those first couple of months of 1956. It was amazing. You would have liked to have seen that. You would have liked to have seen him every day watch, watch that season unfold, which ended up with the Dodgers and the Yankees playing the classic World Series. But see that, 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 that year unfold as it did for him. All right, let's get some calls in. Hear whatever's on your mind uh, as we move a little bit ahead for the baseball. But again... Getting from here to the start of the season for all of these sports is going to be very difficult with what we have seen in recent days at startups across the country. Really, uh, there's going to be a lot of stops and starts here. And Fauci, who, you know, no longer is uh, breaking bread with the president. Obviously, they split the blanket. But um, he said today that he's hopeful that a vaccine could be in operation by the start of 2021. Hopeful. Andrew and Scarsdale, what's up, Andrew? I, I, I can't see how these sports, uh, save for maybe baseball, won't have interruptions throughout the season. I think right now they all might. Football. I think they all might have interruptions. Yeah, especially look at basketball, football, hockey. I mean, the players are literally – all over each other throughout the course of the game for the most part. Baseball is the only one where you, you kind of have some separation. I also you know, think you cannot I also think you cannot accurately and completely seal these players off from everything in life. I do not think you can do that for any period of time and that still opens them up in a lot of cities. Now, as an example, the the NBA has used Orlando like it is the Mecca, and now the baseball teams don't want any part of Florida. So wait a second. How is it the Mecca for the NBA now when baseball teams won't even go down and work out there? So, I mean, these t- in, in every one of these sports, there is an issue that you have to look at and makes it at least tricky to get everybody on the field. I agree with that. I, think, I don't think in any of these sports is it better than 60-40 that we see them start on time. I really believe that. I think it, I think it's that difficult right now to do it because uh, there's so many things that have to be worked out. I mean, there's just so many things that have to be worked out that it just it, it, it's it, it's just not feasible. And we still have plenty of virus around. And in some of the areas where they're going to be using, there's a lot of virus around. Scott and Dix Hills, what's up, Scott? Yeah, hey, Mike, how you doing? Good. What's happening? Uh, I think you're right about uh, trying to get to the beginning of a season through the virus. Um, you know, people focus on the players, maybe baseball being more spread out. But you have managers, you have coaches, you have equipment managers that all may be elderly. Uh, and this plays into it. And announcers, you know, you ex- announcers, umpires. Yes. 
get, you know, these people have families. It's got to be in their heads. You know, what are they going to be up against? Uh, and, and that's that's a lot to handle. Hey, you have a you you just had you just had Jokic. Jokic is a star player. He's one of the better players in the NBA. He didn't even get out of Serbia. He's already got it. Yep, yep. I, I was wondering also about your thoughts. Assuming the baseball season does start, and, and you start getting into strategy, and you start getting into thinking about how it moves forward, do you foresee uh, more of the shorter type games from the from the starting pitchers, given that you don't have to worry about bullpens getting burnt out as much over a shorter season? I think it depends on the team. I, I think it really depends on the team. Uh, I don't think it has to be that way with some teams that have, uh, you know, the likes of the Grom and guys like that. I think if you have some class hurlers, you'll be able to extend them. Uh, but I do think a lot of teams are going to go that route and are really going to go after the game with with ver- with with a lot of three and four inning performances from pitchers. I do agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm so so curious. Uh, what, you, what your thoughts are, whether you think the fans will embrace a shorter season, will they find it exciting, and if they were to, might that affect their view of the long season down the road? Um, there's no way to get the long season uh, ended because of the fact that that's where the owners make their money, um, right. unless the players are willing to take far less money. Uh, I think the hard part here is you're only going to be you're dealing with a captive audience. I think all the I think all the TV ratings for all the sports will be very good. Look what they've been for golf already. Okay, we have nothing to watch, so obviously this is going to be big. But remember, we no one can go to a game, so you're going to have to view those numbers in a in in a prism that is at least different than other years because that's all you're going to have to go by is the TV numbers. You don't have anybody at the games. Thanks for the call. Uh, Richard in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Mike, 49 years ago at Brooklyn Tech, I sat yeah. next to Vinny Viola in chemistry class. Okay. He graduated in 73, Brooklyn okay. Tech. Okay. Uh, so sure uh, that was a big thrill for him. The name you mentioned, George Yankopoulos, went to Columbia with me. We played intramural football together in 1976. So two New York names for you. Yeah, uh, Richard, but again, you've got you to gotta bring this into the mainstream. Uh, you've got to bring this into the mainstream. Two New Yorkers, though. Yeah, but you've you got to stop coming on and talking about things that are 40 years up, up uh, all the time. One more thing. Uh, Ernie DiGregorio or Pete Oh, uh, stop. Stop, stop, stop. Bye, 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 bye. I just asked you not to do it again, and you did it again, okay? Everything can't be framed 40 years ago. It can't happen. I'm not going to keep putting you on if you do it. Bob in Pennsylvania, what's up, Bob? I wanted to confirm your uh, opinion of Paul McCartney. Uh, I had a chance to spend about a week with him. I'm a retired uh, corporate pilot, and he chartered our Gulfstream uh, when him and Linda were with uh, Wings, their band Wings. Right, yeah. And uh, we flew him from, uh, he rented a house in Southampton, Long Island, and we flew him to his concert uh, in the afternoon and then back to Southampton uh, after it was over. And um, he what kind of plane? A Gulfstream Four. Okay. And um, he would sit in the cockpit on the way back. And you know, as much as we wanted to talk to him about the Beatles, he was more interested in our careers and uh, the airplane and this and that. You know, and, his uh, his uh, wife, who his wife, who he met obviously many years later, uh, and she was a 
well-off woman uh, f- f- from a wealthy family, a uh, very nice woman. But she explained to me more than he did how they traveled and how they lived. And I, it was amazing to know that this guy, who is clearly one of the most visible and well-known men in the world, has no security. I mean, none. I mean, they, they, they said we travel this way all over the world. That's, that, that's how we travel. So it's amazing right. when you think about it. Very, everything's very low-key. Yeah, he just came out in his, uh, his car and got on the airplane. But the last the last uh, uh, trip we had with him was to uh, we landed at Burke Lakefront, and he was performing at uh, the stadium right there near the airport. And uh, he was getting off the airplane, and I said, uh, I'll see you in about three hours because we stayed at the airplane. And he said, no, you guys are coming to the concert tonight. And, and he put us in the car. And we sat backstage and watched the whole concert. He was, he was just a wonderful guy. Yeah, very nice guy. Very and and you know, and here's the thing: very comfortable in his own skin. And the reason I bring that up is, you keep hearing the stories of how the level of celebrity destroyed so many of these stars because they couldn't go out and they weren't comfortable. Elvis is a perfect example. He had no life. Okay, no life. Uh, this guy's as big as Elvis. Okay, in his prime, he was as big as Elvis, uh, no question, if not bigger. And he was definitely as big. Uh, and the bottom line is he's handled it all so well uh, through – and even even knowing that his cohort, I mean, the, the guy he was most linked to in life, even if they fought, which they did clearly fight, okay, uh, but – Lennon and McCartney are a team. I mean, that's all there is to it. They're a team. And his buddy dies. I understand they fought a lot. And they didn't get along at times because you know, we all know the stories. But that didn't even impact him, that John was killed the way he was killed. It didn't even impact him. I mean, it didn't even change the way he thought about things. Uh, so it's remarkable how uh, open he uh, That's the word I would use, how open he is about everything and how comfortable he was in his own skin. He really seemed to enjoy life very much and not worried about, you know, people giving him space or worried about uh, how he was going to get to the next place or, you know, how, you know, uh, how much people were closing in on him or anything like that. It was really uh, very unusual to see somebody that big because I was saying uh, to my wife, I was saying, you know, the day Paul is gone, he's going to be front page story in every newspaper in the world. I mean, he's going to be on the front page of, uh, there's not too many guys who are going to be on the front page of the, of the, uh, of every newspaper in the world when they, when they go, he's one of those guys. He would be on the front page. He would lead the news. Uh, if that happened, I mean, that's how big he is. And you would never know it by the way he acts. It's, uh, and, uh, you know, your pic- your depiction is, you know, right in line with, with, with what I saw. Thanks for the call back after this. All right, let's get back to the calls. Paul in Brooklyn, Sal Licata coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. So uh, Sal's a character. So, you know, he used to work for me many years ago, and he's a very very much a character. Uh, Paul in Brooklyn, what's up, Paul? Oh, yeah, it's Mill Village, Mike, but that's okay. okay. I'm an old blind guy, and I originally was calling Joe because I only connected the dots on Father's Day that my older son um, works with Evan Drellick, you know, the baseball guy. Yeah, oldest son works for whom? Evan Drellick, the baseball guy from the Athletic. Oh, okay. Uh, but, okay, works for him, you said? Works with him. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it was just a quick thing. Like I said, I was originally on for Joe. I'm an old blind guy. That it's hard to keep my focus. And recently you mentioned McCartney. I know you, I talked to you once recently about the Mets. Um, I know you're not a big music guy, but 
is which wife you were talking about, Linda McCartney, was best friends with Jim Morrison. Yeah, I'm not talking about Linda McCartney. I'm talking about his recent wife. Uh, no, okay. no, I, I, I know I know who Linda McCartney is, obviously. Yeah. So Linda I Eastman. I, I, yeah, no, no, no. This is his recent wife. Okay. He, his current, uh, I, I think he's still with her. He was a few years ago. So yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't followed to know whether he stayed with yeah. her or not. But I mean, he, and thanks for the call, but he, uh, he, he, you know, was with her recently, and that's what I'm talking about. I, I'm not talking about Linda Eastman. That's many, many years ago, obviously. Mike and Hal, what's up, Mike? Hey, Mike. Um, I heard your good buddy Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports was contacted to buy the Mets. He has nothing. What are your no, he he has nothing. I mean, what what are you talking about? Uh, you know, Dave, Dave better bring a lot of rich friends if he's buying the Mets. Uh, he's the, he's really not in that league. You realize that, right? So I don't know, uh, you sound like a 15-year-old who uh, listens to the nonsense you hear on Boston from these guys when they're pulling your leg. Dave's not, Dave, if, Dave, Dave's buy, if Dave's buying the uh, meds, he's bringing a lot of rich friends with him. I can tell you that. Brian and Sayville, what's up, Brian? Mike, I'm a long time. Yeah. I just wanted to piggyback off uh, Mr. McCartney's story. So I do executive protection for a lot of uh, stars. Mm-hmm. And he was at a party, I'm not going to mention any, any names. Mm-hmm. And he came, comes up about 2 a.m. in the morning, taps me on my shoulder. Hey, sir, you think you can get my car? Hey, no problem. Get the valet, parked about 15 feet away, a 1998 Nissan Pathfinder. <laughs> that's pretty fun. That's I, pretty I, wild I, when you think about it. I, I'm telling you, I almost fell over. Number one that he came up and and tapped me on my shoulder and and, and excuse me, sir. And he was driving, no less, right? He didn't have a driver and a limo and a whole no, deal. He, he was driving he, his own he car. Did have, he did have a driver. Oh, um, he did. Okay. Except, him and his wife that, that you spoke about, they they are still together, right? Um, and they yes. got in, and they both sat in the back seat of the very nice woman, very very nice woman, very very and, nice and woman. He yes. Was as gracious and 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 generous. And I mean, it was two a.m. in the morning. The party was, you know, he he got out of there before it got ugly. But I couldn't believe that he got into the nineteen ninety. That's funny. Nissan Pathfinder. That's that's fun. I mean, he is. Uh, we're talking a very wealthy man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A very uh, yes, I mean, yes, yes, yes. And yes, you had to see yes. the, the, the the lineup of cars that were there and his. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's he's a character. I mean, he's a, he is a character, and I you know, and it's funny because uh, thanks for the call. After I saw him, um, at the garden that night, we were in Nantucket that next summer, my wife and I, and we were walking down the street, and it was. Like five or six o'clock, and it was in. I think I think it was an August night. It might have been July, but I think it was August. And all of a sudden, my wife says, "Isn't that Paul McCartney?" And I looked, and across the street, by himself, just walking down the street. Now he might have been going to one of the boats. The, the big boats were nearby there. You know, they docked the big big boats. Um, at the end there, uh, right at the end of that uh, street there, they, they dock all these huge boats that come in uh, to Nantucket. And, and he might have been going to one of those. I'm not sure because he was heading in that direction. But, um, and there's a lot of people coming and going, uh, obviously, in the summertime in Nantucket. But uh, by himself, just kind of walking down the street. And that's, that's kind of typical of who he is and the way he acts. And, you know, she made that point. Well, we just kind of 
we roam in and out of towns. We just kind of head in and out, and you know, we don't worry about anything that much. We just kind of do our thing, and everyone's great to us, and blah, blah, blah. Fascinating. Um, Tim and Bethel, what's up, Tim? I I got I, I have two radio stations set into my uh, uh, car. Of course, one is the WFAN, the other is the Beatles station on the Beatles channel. You anyway, like the Do you like the Beatles channel? Oh, Michael, <laughs> I was born the same year you were. Right. I just wonder if you like the channel itself. That's all. I mean, I mean, I know you oh. like the Beatles, but do you like the way they present the channel? Yes, I do. They really did a great job with playing, you know, playing out Paul's birthday this week. They got right. some live shows you've never heard before. They had some, um, you know, some cuts that Paul did, you know, a lot of outtakes. Just interesting things. I like that- when they have famous people come in like other yeah. musicians and talk about how the Beatles, who too. Beatles influenced them, you know, like you'd hear like Billy Joel talk about his 10 uh, Beatles songs or somebody else come in and talk about the songs that influenced them and stuff like that and why they influenced them. Fascinating how much impact the Beatles had on everybody. Oh my God. You would never know. I mean, some of these guys I've never heard of, but they're from these outrageous, you know, 2020 type band. Oh sure, and listen, they, the listen, the Beatles are you know they're like Mozart. I mean, you know they they. they yeah, I mean, when you realize how important they are, and you realize how important Buddy Holly was, and even to them, and how important Buddy Holly was to them, and then you know what I watched recently, and you realize his impact, and it's forgotten a lot. How much Dylan's impact is? I mean, Dylan, oh there was this documentary on. I started watching the other night, and I watched it for like two hours about Bob Dylan. And you forget the, leve- the, the, the length and the quality of Dylan's work and how important it's been to society and the impact. Unbelievable the life Dylan has lived. It's unbelievable. It really is. When You, you know, you forget about him now. You don't talk about him much. You know, people don't see him much anymore and you know they when he does sing they make fun of his singing because he kind of wobbles now and stuff but he's bob dylan i mean and the impact he had was extraordinary let me say this murder most foul listen to that song if you're a kennedy guy listen to that song well i tell you really you know you forget about some of these guys who are still around and the impact they've had and the lives they've lived through these years is, is remarkable. And obviously McCartney's one. And, you know, McCartney changed the world. I mean, he literally changed the world. I mean, there's not many people you can say that about. Robert New Canaan, what's up, Robert? Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you doing today? What's happening? Um, have you ever seen the uh, documentary The Last Play at Shea? The Last Play? I mean, with Billy Joel? It's the Billy Joel. Yeah, when 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 they, when they run Paul McCartney in. Yes, I've seen that. Yes. I mean, the end piece of that to explain everything that you've been talking about and people have been calling in on the way McCartney treated that last scene of that documentary. He's flying coach now. I'm sure he's in first class, but he's flying coach. They they get him into the airport early. They bring him a, a police escort, and all he can talk about is like, "This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Like it's never happened before." And then when he gets in that golf cart, and Pete Flynn says, "Hey, you know, I drove you out the first time." He said, "Yeah, they told me." And he shakes the guy's hand like you couldn't wait to meet him. You know, it's it, what's interesting too, and I, I tell you, I, I the other night 
and this obviously we're all watching a lot of different things on TV now, and we're looking for things to watch and all different things. So they had this documentary that I watched the other night, which actually um, was at Madison Square Garden, and it was a 25th anniversary to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they had it at Madison Square Garden, okay? It was in 2017. And what I took from it was, and I I really was taken by this, how generous the stars in music are to each other. I mean, no, but I mean, I, I could tell you, if we said that about radio, we aren't so generous to each other. I'll be honest to we a lot of us haven't been that generous to each other at different times. And, when I see these Mike, guys, I wouldn't, in, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with you. <laughs> and when I've seen these guys in rock and roll, where it's Springsteen, and he's honoring you know different guys from the '60s, and then it's uh, you know you two, and they're honoring you know. Springsteen, and then it's Billy Joel, and this one, and then this one, and this one, and Jagger with Fergie, and the and and this one singing with this one, and they're very generous to each other and to each other's talents, which really struck me as to how much they really are uh, appreciative of the talent that the others have. And, I, you know, it's not that way in sports a lot. It's not that way. Hey, Jordan's not that way about the guys he played with at all. How about A-Rod okay? and Cheater? I'm saying a lot of guys in, in, in music for some reason, uh, and especially in rock and roll, they seem to be very appreciative of each other's talents. I give them a lot of credit for that. I really do. I mean, it says a lot about those guys. It really does. Let me ask you something, Mike. Do you think that has anything to do with how they recognize how unique a talent it is? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I think it's all unique talents. Listen, there's no more unique talent than Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan just felt like he had to compete with everybody. Like he couldn't let anybody else, he couldn't appreciate anybody else's talent. He had to fight everybody else's talent. He had to attack everybody else's talent. He couldn't appreciate Isaiah, or he couldn't appreciate Gary Payton. When Gary Payton played him well, he made an excuse. He didn't, he didn't say Gary Payton did a great job with me. He made an excuse for what happened in those games. So, you know, and I noticed this the other night where you had so much talent on the screen, and I said to my wife, I said, it's amazing how these people share and there, and it was John Fogarty, and it was Springsteen, and then it was James Taylor, and then it was Mick Jagger, and it was U2, and it was Billy Joel, and they were all so appreciative of each other's talents. I, I was very taken by that. I really was. Well, let me ask in a different way. Do you yeah. think they don't feel the need to compete with each other? Maybe that's it. You know, maybe they don't. Maybe they all have their own real estate, and they all have their own accomplishment. And you know what? I think they're better if they're that way. I mean, I just think it's it's a much more comfortable way to be if you can be that way. You don't always have to compete. And uh, I, I think in a, in a lot of industries, we could take a lesson from those guys. We really could. Uh, and, and it really – and I've never been a big U2 or a big Bono guy, but he was unbelievably uh, appreciative of everybody else's talent. 
He really was. He wasn't competing. He was he was sharing, and I, I I thought it was I thought it was very impressive. I really did. And I know James Taylor's a great guy. I know that because I've had him in the studio a bunch of times, and he's delightful, uh, and he loves to sing other people's stuff and everything else. But uh, and thanks for the call. I was very very taken by that. I really was. Uh, Mike and Fork River. What's up, Mike? Hey, hey, Mike. Uh, I'm 41. I'm a huge Beatles fan. Uh, they're a little bit before my time. I started listening in high school. It really impacted my life. They only have about six hours and 38 minutes of like recorded music. It's very interesting. Um, but anyway, that's not that the reason for my call. Yeah, but do you know but how I'm many still... number one? Go go look at how many oh, yeah. number one hits they had. Go look at how many top five hits they had. Do you know at one point they I'm had the number one, two, three, four, and five songs in the country at the same time? Yeah, their accomplishments in the music industry are, you know... Insane. Are insane. Uh, Yes. Right. Right. But uh, I'm giving a call about the the COVID thing here, Mike. Um, I want your take on this. All right, so it seems like you're saying, hey, the vaccine is going to be something that really opens things up, that changes things. I I don't think anything can completely... I don't think anything can completely change in sports, especially in terms of spectators, until we get medicine. Well, here's well, here's the problem with that. What about the people that don't want a vaccine and might just Well, say, that's well, it's hey, up to you. That, that's up to, that's up to you, but I think the masses will take it. I think if you're asking me now, they put the number at 75 to 80% of the people they thought would take the vaccine, okay? Uh, I can tell you right now, I take the vaccine in a second. And if because I would be leery of going into a stadium and getting sick just because I wouldn't want to risk getting sick. I wouldn't want to risk coming home and get my wife sick. I wouldn't want to make anybody else sick. So I would worry about that. If I had the vaccine, then I wouldn't worry about that. And I would take it in a heartbeat. And well, I my- think most people would take it. I think at least 75% of the people would take it in a heartbeat. Well, we'll see. But here's, here's my next question. Do you think this is something that we're just going to eventually as a society – um, and as living beings are, are just going to have to say, hey, yeah, COVID 19s out there. It's a reality. It's just like, you know, we're going to have to deal with it, just like any other sickness, any other no. cold. No, no, I, I don't, I don't think. We're going to go out there and live life. We can't stay no. like this forever. I, I, don't, I don't want this. I, see, I disagree. I think a lot of people, a lot of people who are upwards of 55 and older, who have some re- resources, will not put themselves, they will not go take elective things like ball games or concerts or Broadway shows or things like that, which they don't have to have. They will not let those. Now, if a guy has to work, he'll, he'll put a mask on, he'll go to work. I mean, if he has to travel uh, to work, he'll do that. Uh, if he has to feed his family that way, he'll do that. If he doesn't, if he can stay home, he'll stay home. The point is, this isn't like something we've dealt with before. Okay, we haven't dealt with something like this before. We all know that that we can get sick, but we also believe that there are remedies. I mean, there are sicknesses or illnesses that can happen to you as you get older, and if they do, you know, it's the luck of the draw. But the point is, they don't happen. They don't happen because you go in a place where everybody's carrying the same germ, though. That's not how they happen. Right now, this is a pandemic. This is a crisis. This is when you go into a place where there's a lot of people. You completely elevate your chances of being infected dramatically. That comes without saying, okay? If you get on the subway 
you got a much better chance of getting this than not getting it. Much better chance than if you sit home on Long Island and and do your work on Zoom. You're not going to get it. If you if you go on the subway every day, you got a very good chance of getting it. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. And but that doesn't mean you have to do that. So this is very very different than most things. This isn't like well we have to live our life. That's like saying oh I'm afraid of a plane crash or I'm not going to fly. No, that's a different approach to life. Uh, that's fearing living. This is an acute, an acute pandemic that has attacked people right and left. I mean, it has attacked our nation dramatically, and we are trying to find a cure for it. Uh, we don't have one yet, but you know the way they're feverishly working. You think they will find one? I mean, I think they will find a therapeutic for sure, and I hope they find a vaccine that works. Uh, that doesn't have any side effects. I mean, that's what you're hoping for. I mean, but uh, do I think we're back to normal life before that? I don't. I don't think you're going to see. Hey, first let me see if we can even get baseball off the ground by having fielding teams with no fans. That's even 50-50 right now. Forget having spectators in the buildings. That is not going to happen, I don't believe, until we have a vaccine. I don't think there will be fans in the stadiums until then. I don't think there's any way they're going to say, oh, just come on back. Hey, you're seeing outbreaks now in, in, in states across the country. There are places where, that are having trouble right now with the surge in, in, in certain states, just like we had here. There are people feeling that again now. So I do think this is something you still have to deal with. Uh, I think you stay away from what you can stay away from. If you need to go out there and feed your family, you're going to do it. If you don't have to do that, you're not going to do it. I mean, that's what I think. I'll tell you right now, I love going to ball games. I've been to thousands in my life. I don't intend on going to one until I feel safe that I can go to one. At this stage of my life, I'm not going. Richard in Connecticut, what's up, Richard? Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Um, So with the the virus, right, I think it's increasingly likely – that we're not going to see any team sports this year at all, right? Uh, I, I, so, we're we're going to find out in the next month, but I think that it's very, what you're seeing right away is day-to-day you're seeing so many people get hit so quickly that have showed up at these, at these camps that I think it's no better than 50-50. Yeah, you're, it's, it's, skewing, it's skewing towards, I think. I would uh, agree. It's going to be tough, right? I would, so, I would so, agree. So, so for me, you know, baseball is number one, right? And so my biggest concern with the labor dispute was, you know, they're going to do exactly what they've done, which is stretch it out. And then they were going to, and then the NBA was going to come back and the NHL was going to come back and they were going to beat baseball back. Right. Right. But my question, I got a question. So my question is if, if we don't see sports this year, right. Right. And we see nothing and base and everything comes back as normal next year. So, you know, we have, Nothing this year, and everything comes back next year. Do you think that the country will be more forgiving and willing to forget all of all of the mess we've gone through with baseball, or do you think that people are still going to hold that? You know, because I feel like nowadays people have short memories. It's like you know what what's what I don't. I, I think I think and, the sports think would people will just be happy to get to. You know, they're just going to say, "Hey, baseball's back." You know, great. I think the sports think? would. I, I think this if we didn't get any sports this year. And then we got all the sports in their regular timetable next year. I think the sports would have basically the same popularity they had before they, before they left. 
Right, I think so, so I think the sports story. would be in the same order. I think football would be the most, uh, you know, mo- the most uh, populated sport and the most popular sport. I think that uh, baseball would be in the same position it's in. I think so. It could be a blessing in disguise for baseball. Really, I mean, you know, if there's no baseball this year and, and people just kind of, it's like people. I think uh, if baseball, listen, I think sport. any sport that makes it back and plays games is going to have the games be very well received on television. Listen, people are dying to watch something they're dying to watch sports right now so if you give them a game on tv they're gonna watch it okay they're gonna if you whatever you give them if you give them the stanley cup finals they're gonna watch that if you give them the nba playoffs they're gonna and thanks for the call they're gonna watch that you give them the baseball they're gonna watch that you give them the nfl you know they're gonna watch that hey you give them something to watch give them something to wager on they're gonna they're gonna absolutely jump on it they are dying to have sports back absolutely Without any question. So do I think that it won't be, it'll be treated uh, with a cold shoulder? Oh, no. Sports comes back this year. The ratings for these sports will be very, very strong. But I don't think you're going to have any spectator sports. They just announced that they're going to play the PGA, the major in golf, without fans. Remember, they're up in Cromwell, Connecticut at the Travelers this week without fans. With a very good field. Remember, that tournament is usually the week after the U.S. Open. That's why they don't get a great field. Now they have a great field. They don't have Tiger, but they have a great field. They have like seven of the top ten players. They have like uh, a lot of very, very good players there. Uh, Casamigos Tequila, as always, brings you the program brought to you by those who drink it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 